Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at hostpapa.com. Click the banner on the right left chronicles.com for premium unlimited web hosting with the highest rated reviews at the lowest prices. Coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to Dueling Dialogues, episode 134. I'm Connor Murphy here with Grace Matthews all the way in Springfield, Missouri. Hi, Grace. How you doing? Well, you know what? I am so excited. What? You know, I was kind of bummed out last week because, you know, Nancy and all those guys won and the Dems are going to be in control of the Congress, but look at all the material we have. (laughs) True that. Yeah, for sure. So I'm here in freezing cold Springfield, Missouri with Oliver Doodle (laughs) and we're ready to go. Well, it's nice and sunny here. Hate to tell you that. But we're having lovely oh. weather. <laughs> oh my gosh! Do you believe it got down to like twelve this morning? Uh, yeah, not here. Yeah, here, yeah. here, yeah, yeah. We yeah, we still haven't had frost here. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. You're, you're I, in Canada. I there, know. There's something terribly wrong with this picture. I'm gonna. Hey, you gotta love the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, Yeah, apparently, because I tell you what, people do love it. Well, you love it until it's been raining for the third straight week. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that would be depressing. Yeah, pretty much we have rain and no rain. Those are our seasons. Well, it's cold here, but I guess over at CNN, it's a little hot. Yeah, no doubt, eh? They're a little hot because they're mad that their boy, Jim Acosta who behaves very badly. He's like the problem child. Yeah. Cannot get into the White House. He, he had his credentials taken away. Well, they're saying that's just not right. Well. Now, it's like, who was it that said last week, if somebody comes to your house and behaves badly, what did you tell everybody you do? You toss them out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they've got a lot more people that can cover the White House. It's not like the president is cutting CNN off. Yeah, exactly. They're saying your misbehaved boy cannot come. Yeah, he has to go home now. Yeah, he does. Um, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders responded to the lawsuit filed by CNN after Jim Acosta's press pass was suspended. This is just more grandstanding from CNN and we will vigorously defend against this lawsuit, Sanders said in a statement to reporters. Sanders noted that CNN had nearly 50 additional White House reporting, producing, and camera staff who had hard passes, and they could continue to cover the White House without Acosta. Mr. Acosta is no more or less special than any other media outlet or reporter with respect to the First Amendment, she said. Sanders said that Acosta exhibited multiple instances of inappropriate behavior, more recently refusing to give up the microphone to a White House intern during a press conference. The White House cannot run an orderly and fair press conference when a reporter acts this way, which is neither appropriate nor professional, she said. The First Amendment is not served 
when a single reporter of more than 150 present attempts to monopolize the floor. Mm-hmm. So, 100% correct. That, yeah, and she goes on to say, if there is no check on this type of behavior, it impedes the ability of the president, the White House staff, and members of the media to conduct business. Exactly. I think that's a very fair statement. Yeah, totally agree there. Absolutely. And uh, Jim Acosta, I don't know who can defend him. He behaves badly. He hogs the camera. He is doing it for self-promotion. You can better believe they're going to have every second of footage of him acting you know, like he's been acting. Well, do you Because he's been believe? doing it for a while. Oh, he has. But the people that he seems to have most fooled in this, with this behavior, is the people he works for. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's not out there getting a story or representing CNN. He's out there representing Jim Acosta and attacking the president. So you got to say the most gullible, stupid people or in this is the CNN people. Yeah, absolutely. His bosses. Well, they're just probably trying to, you know, get more essentially free press by doing this too. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's hard to think that he's a team player when he's taking time away from, you know, in the statement she said there's 150 other um, reporters there, which I really didn't know how many were there. Um, and certainly, a hundred. There is not a press conference where they all get time. Yeah. So why does Jim Acosta think that he should have, you know, seventy percent of the time, and he leaves thirty percent to everybody else? Yeah, absolutely. To one hundred forty-nine other people. About time they tossed his ass out. Exactly. So, hip hip hooray. Yeah. Fight that lawsuit vigorous. Yeah, won't be. Um, you know, it won't be too hard to, to beat that lawsuit because, like I said, they've got a lot of footage of him acting like a, an ass. So, there you go. Okay. Jerry Corsi. Remember him? Yeah. Author. He wrote, yes, Killing the Deep State. We actually reviewed that book. I liked that book. I was skeptical about it before I read it. Um, but... It's good, and most everything he said in that book has came to fruition. So, he is considered a right-wing conspiracy theorist. He was at one time, I, I really didn't know this, um, Alec Jones, the the InfoWars. Right. Um, he was part of that franchise, or a guest on the air, which, I, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't do it many favors. I'm I'm not a big InfoWars fan. Actually, I've never watched it, so I, I really shouldn't say something bad about it, I guess. But nevertheless, it looks like, and he expects to be indicted by Mueller's team. Oh, really? Now, I think this is just crazy interesting because his book, his information seems to go against the deep state, which we know that Trump is not a part of the deep state. In fact, the deep state hates Trump. Right. And he did have a lot of seemingly inside information on the deep state. So, what interest would Mueller have in him for nailing Trump, Trump's family, 
the Russians. It's kind of jaw-dropping. But if you read, I mean, we've talked about QAnon in here. Between the lines, you don't even really have to read between the lines, but QAnon sort of alludes to the fact that Mueller might be investigating the other side of the coin, meaning Uranium One, Hillary, different things as Barack Obama. Well, he Um, should be. And that Rosenstein, (laughs) he should be. And Rosenstein would be a part of that. Yeah. That perhaps this is a show. Now, I I just think I've thought that could be. Um, Didn't really think it was, though. But it says Mueller is also seeking more details on Nigel Farage. Now, he's a, he is a British, um, he was the Brexit. I mean, he Uh. basically designed or began the Brexit movement in the UK. But he is, he, he is a follower, friend of Trump's and apparently has a relationship with Corsi. Then a guy named Ted Malik. I'm not really familiar with him. But these guys all expect an indictment to come down because they've actually been chatting with Mueller's people. Huh, okay. And basically, they have not came to some agreement and apparently don't have anything to hide and they're saying, okay, so indict us, subpoena us. Whatever. And how that relates to Russian collusion. How? Huh? You know what? I don't think it does. That's why I say possibly this idea that QAnon is alluded to. Maybe we get a little peek here that that might just be true. Huh. Interesting. Because these guys all have information that would basically free the president of the Russian collusion, but not so much the Clintons, the Obamas, and things that went on during that time period. You know, I'm thinking uh, the debacles over the emails um, and Uranium One. And I think you could probably throw in that the Iran deal. That Iran deal is too important to them, too much money exchanged hands. Right. Hmm. It looks very similar, similar to the Iran, I mean, to the uranium one deal and the uranium one deal was a deal made with russia so if anybody was colluding with the russians yeah exactly you betcha that that was the big collusion so um stay tuned yeah this is this is interesting development Hmm. um yeah that's about it hmm but (laughs) it's a head scratcher for sure yeah i am i mean what the hell's going on Poor size, about 74, 75 years old. This is um, this is going to be interesting if he's really a player in this. And which side is he a player for? Uh, but, yeah. And why, you know, and also, it, does Mueller believe there is a correlation between all of this and Brexit? Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, who, <laughs> who would be an enemy of that? Somebody like George Soros, so... Hmm. Is there Soros yeah. money in there somewhere? <laughs> There's almost always Soros money in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Soros money, and one of you know, one of Soros's best friends is Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, you know, in the last week, assured Nancy Pelosi of um, leading Pelosi's pack again. Ugh. Um, she will she will be speaker. And I mean really nothing could be better for the Republicans and the president. <laughs> but the fact that these guys all stood up and said they weren't going to vote for Nancy, they weren't going to vote for Nancy. Well, you know what? Nobody comes up and runs against Nancy. Yeah, well, because she's got all the money and the connections to money. And if they yeah. vote her out, they're voting out money, which they're not going to vote money out of the deal. They need their money. Well, and there's also this idea, too, that they're afraid of her. I mean, are they afraid of her because of the money? I, I would because think if so. if she raises the money, that she has a whole lot to say. It seems like she has more to say about where the money goes than the DNC does. Well, she's, she's never put out her own bill or anything like that. So she's only there for one reason, money. Yeah. I mean, she's well, not there because she's an engaging speaker. Definitely not. Oh, gosh, no. And <laughs> she just, she's a fibber. Yeah. I mean, they really don't care that just two weeks ago, she was saying we're not going to go for impeachment. Right. Yeah. And now her master agenda speaks otherwise. Oh, I can imagine. Okay, the congression, the new Congress will take over in January. The Democrats will be in charge. They will um, begin the new Congress with 80 investigations and subpoenas, <laughs> all designed to look into the president, his people, his family, and to ultimately come up with grounds for impeachment. Now, she even made the comment, I believe it was sometime over the weekend, that even though Mueller does not come up with an impeachable, uh, I mean, uh, an indictable offense, right. that doesn't mean it's not impeachable. Right. Because they can impeach on, they can almost impeach on ethics. Yeah. Well, they can almost, I mean, in her mind, they can impeach on tweets. Well, with woke being out there, they can impeach on something that's not even true. Exactly. And Nancy, like I said two weeks ago, we're not going to go impeach. We're going to legislate. We're going to work on infrastructure. We're going to work on health care. We're going to work with the president. And not five minutes after the election was over, and it's not even really over yet because we don't know about Florida, but she's already working to impeach. Wow. Well, I mean, I, and that's not the first time we've talked about Nancy's yeah, lies. Yeah. She says one thing, she does another, and she doesn't even get, you know, you know, rose-colored cheeks when she does it. She's such a damn good liar. Yeah. I, I wouldn't expect it any less from her. I know. I know, and it's sad. Yeah. We do have one uh, race that was called last night out of the three outstanding. Arizona called the Senate race, and Martha McSally conceded to Kirsten Cinema. Hmm. Uh, Kirsten Cinema is a Democrat. She is a very left-wing Democrat. I think one could probably call her a socialist Democrat. It, it's very interesting because this was originally a Republican seat. It's had been a Republican seat since 1994. 
Yeah. It was Jeff Flake's seat. He didn't run again because he couldn't get elected. So was this it a was, recount? This was a recount in Arizona. Okay. Or a finish counting. Or a finish. So, it took him that uh, long to it count. It did turn it off because it looked like McSally won on election night. Uh, Usually recounts do not change the winner. Right. In this case, it did. But with a Democrat, you just keep voting until you win, right? Isn't that how exactly. it works? <laughs> exactly. Those dead people are the ones that keep voting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I heard the Florida recount is in. Al Gore's president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to go back in our time machine yeah. and replay everything. It's such an inconvenient truth, huh? Yeah, exactly. I have a hard time believing they can screw an election up so bad. What's so hard? I don't get it. I really don't. I don't get know. It. You know, when, and we have machines. Well, when I vote here, I you know fill out my ballot. I put my own ballot in the machine. It counts it right there. Yeah. It says, okay, it could read it. I don't walk away. And I mean, I'm no different than anybody else that lives here. Um, and it will say that it read the ballot. Is you know, it I, okay? And you didn't have any. You know, marks that were unreadable. It will tell you those kind of things. Right, right. Kind of looks like a paper shredder and you just feed your, your ballot Somebody in there? Needs, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I said to yeah. the election official the other day. I'm like, oh, I just stick it in the paper shredder. And they were like, yeah, no, no, that's not a paper shredder. <laughs> <laughs> you made them a little nervous, huh? Yeah, they, they first answered and then they were like, wait a minute, no. It's kind of funny. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, um, this morning when Kirsten Cinema was giving uh, her acceptance speech, I guess is what it was, a week late, and she acted like she was going to channel um, John McCain. <laughs> oh, my. Now, if that doesn't show you that John McCain wasn't truly a Republican, I don't know what was. Yeah, exactly. And I mean no disrespect, but he was not truly a Republican. No, and he screwed the American people. Yeah, Yeah, I am still mad about the health care debacle. Yeah. So I'm not likely to get over that anytime soon. Yep. Okay, so if you were wondering, now that the midterms were over, the 2020 presidential race can officially begin. Ah, okay, here we go. And one of Hillary's top aides wrote an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal over the weekend, and he says Hillary's in for 2020. <laughs> oh, and he said my. mostly the reason she's in is because no one else has really stepped up to the plate. Well, and, and oh, you know, there's two things you need. It doesn't matter what great ideas you have if you don't have name recognition and money. And she's got it. And he says the Clintons do not stop till they get what they want. And and you got to hand it to him. I think he's right. Well, I can already see it. Hillary putting out a new book called What Happened Again? <laughs> the thing about it is she also feels like she was robbed. Yeah, well, uh, what's she going to feel like next time? Because you know what? Uh, as soon as that news broke... I saw all the people with Trump derangement syndrome freak out because they know if she runs again, people are going to vote Trump. Absolutely. 
People but do not trust her. You also got to remember, she was just like Nancy Pelosi and the Congress. She was writing checks for the DNC. Remember, uh, we learned um, that the DNC had no money. Obama didn't make money for the DNC, like most presidents do for their party. Right. Obama right. didn't. Obama was about himself, okay? So... The DNC was broke, not only broke, it owed money. So if we can go back in this 2016 race and remember that Hillary wrote checks to the DNC, moved the DNC's bank account to Brooklyn, to her bank, ran out of her office. So she basically owns the DNC right now. Yeah. Wow. So. Okay. You, you see how this goes? Really? What the hell can they do about it? Well, it just shows you right there. You Nobody can trust this woman. Democrats, yeah, Republicans, it, nobody. No well, one. and I, it makes me sad that there is approximately 50% of the people that want to be ran by these two bitches. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. seriously, there is no open door for anybody to come in. People can give it lip service while they're running for office and while they're talking about it. But when it comes down to it, Hillary and Nancy run half of the government. Pretty much, which is a scary, scary thought. Very scary. And I will tell you, as much as they bitch about her, 75% of the Democrats approve of her. Ugh. Of Hillary. Ugh. That's enough. That's enough to put her on the ballot. Yuck. Ugh, that just turns my stomach. But then again, like you said earlier, it's uh, good for us. We got lots of material. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, if you will remember, over the weekend, the president went to France right. for a celebration of the end of World War One. He was greeted quite coolly by Emmanuel Macron of France. And ultimately, towards the end of the weekend, Macron gave a speech complaining about nationalists giving a sucker punch in the gut of Trump, a guest in his country. Not only a guest, his protector. Wow. I mean, this is the guy that runs the military that protects France. I mean, they have a teeny weeny little air force. That's all they've got. That's all they've ever had. The United States has ran to, I mean, I guess he forgot about World War II. Wow. But he said that a nationalist is not a patriot. Look them up, folks. <laughs> Nationalism and patriotism are basically synonyms, okay? And, and I, you know, Marcom, of course, is a globalist, like your Trudeau and our former Obama and Everybody and else that's been bought by Soros, yes. Okay, <laughs> but Marcom has a 26% approval rating in his country. Yeah, and that's probably dropping by the minute. Absolutely. I mean, I guess I guarantee the French people are cringing. You know, do not insult America. We might get in trouble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, but Mark Hunt's got it all figured out. He doesn't need us. Yeah. Guess why? He wants the EU to create its own military. So they don't need wow. the United States. You know what we say? You know what everybody in the United States says? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, because we are happy for you to do that. 
You know, the EU has worked out so well for you all. Why don't you create your own army? Navy, Air Force, Marines, have our little Coast Guard in there. Yeah, well, uh, how does... you know what? It costs us money to protect your asses. How does he figure the Commonwealth is, is going to take that? We have NATO, right? So we already kind of have that with the Commonwealth countries. True. So... You, you've got a point, but I guess he wants to do this outside of NATO, maybe. I don't know. Obviously. Yeah. I think it's lip service. I think he wanted to be a big boy from a little country. Right. And, um, but it speaks globalist, you know, too. It does speak globalist. Because a globalist does not want what's best for his country. He wants what's best for the world. Right. A nationalist is not against the world, but believes that strength comes from being strong at your very core first. Right. That's like a family. You cannot be starving at home and save the neighbors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, you feed it your family work. first. Yeah. You've got to feed your family first. Okay? It's like, you know, the breadwinner can't stay home and take care of the sick people or something. Yeah, exactly. Because, he's go out there and you know, the he's money. got to work. So I mean, that's the idea with nationalism. And, you know, don't be a pissant. I mean, remember when he came to the United States, we were calling it and we were t- saying they had a bromance going. <laughs> so yeah. I'm guessing that Trump did something that rubbed him the wrong way. And I'm guessing it's not really the nationalist thing. I mean, that's not new. Trump mentioned that he was a nationalist, but everybody knows he's a nationalist. So. What else did Trump do that Macron didn't like? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about um, his friend Angela Merkel. You know, they've always said that he gets along with older women, and him and Angela have at times been pretty friendly. She says, Macron, sorry, you go ahead and do that whole army thing you want to do, and whatever else, I'm not. Okay. She let all those immigrants into Germany. Her approval rating is as low as Macomb's or worse by now. Yeah. And she's not going to run again. She's done. But a lot of those guys, a lot of those globus are, are are leaving the party in, in these different countries. Well, they, their approval Angela rating was, is way down because people are tired of having their country's borders just opened up. Well, again, you got to also think that when they formed this EU, it was supposed to make them all stronger. you got Greece that has financially tanked. Italy has financially tanked. Spain. Um, you know, you have Brexit. You have the whole debacle in Germany for letting in all these people. And France is there hallucinating, you know. So what's the whole EU idea? What's it got going for it? I don't know. I mean, they're, they're the comp- you know what? They're shitholes now. <laughs> well, I equate it with Jeff Flake's idea that he'll run against President Trump in 2020. Yeah, good luck with that. The guy that couldn't even win his district in Arizona is going to go against Trump? Yeah, exactly. Good luck with that. Well, it, it's the same idea with these guys. Yeah. You know, you're losing, losing, losing. Why don't you cut your losses and come up with something new? 
Yeah, exactly. And then there's little Kim. Oh, boy. I tell yeah. you. Back in the news. Back in the news. 20 sites um, were cited on satellite as still producing nukes. Yeah. yeah. They're not testing them. And, you know, little Kim has repeated over and over again he's willing to do nuclear ice. He is willing to do what Trump wants. He wants money for his country. I sort of believe him, but I don't think he's in charge. And I've said that before. I think the reference to the three generals that were his father's and grandfather's generals, I think that's who is in charge. He's just the front boy. He should be in charge, but he's not. Yeah, I think you might be right there. It's an interesting theory for sure, because it it almost explains things right to a T. Absolutely. It's kind of like the... Mueller thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, sometimes we jump to conclusions, and generally, think about your own personal life. When people jump to conclusions about you or a situation, about 99% of the time, it's it's not really true. Now, there may be some fact to it. Right, but not 100% but true. not 100%, and, and that extra little percent makes a big difference. Yeah. I think that's that's what's going on with Mueller. I think that's what's going on with little Kim. Yeah. Well, I think I can agree there. Yeah. And we don't always agree. But life's a journey, and we're all in this together. Thanks for listening. Godspeed, Connor. And Godspeed to all of our friends out there. Godspeed, Grace, and thanks for listening. Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at hostpapa.com. Click the banner on the rightleftchronicles.com for premium unlimited web hosting with the highest rated reviews at the lowest prices.